The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of false prophets who come to you disguised as sheep, but underneath are ravenous wolves. You will be able to tell them by their fruits. Can people pick grapes from thorns or figs from thistles? In the same way, a sound tree produces good fruit, but a rotten tree, bad fruit. A sound tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor a rotten tree bear good fruit. Any tree that does not produce good fruit is cut down and thrown on the fire. I repeat, you will be able to tell them by their fruits. The Gospel of the Lord. I'd love to come and stand in front of you, but this microphone's going to make some strange noises, so I'll stay here. We hear um, in, in that continued story from Kings, the, the figure sort of comes to a screeching halt because he realizes that what he's doing really ought to jar his conscience. I think a big part of the Christian life is cultivating an ever more sensitive conscience so that we're pricked by that which offends God. It ought to offend us also, from the simplest to the greatest. You know, when the least are abused, that ought to really jar our conscience and then motivate radical, prompt uh, action to bring that to a close, you know, um, individually and systemically. And so we see that in, in this reading from Kings, and we see it too in the lives of today's two martyrs whose consciences would not allow them to bend to the will of a wicked king. And they paid for it with their lives. Jesus says, beware be on the watch for wicked fruit, really. And I think, really, the long and short of all I want to say is that we should be careful, in, in addition to what Jesus says, of confusing fruit with works because they're not necessarily the same. Uh, think of the wonderful work that is done in the world and then think of those anxiety-raising words that Jesus says, um, there will be many who come to me and say, Lord, Lord, we perform many good works in your name. And what does he say to them? I don't know who you are. Depart from me, you stranger. Uh, you don't belong with me. Which is a pretty scary thing to hear, I think. And I pray that um, none of us are sort of wandering into the dark, thinking that we're pursuing the Lord, when in fact we're pursuing possibly shadows of ourselves. I'm going to read a short portion from John Fisher's letter. <coughs> Fisher, uh, sorry, not um, Fisher, um, Thomas More. Thomas More was a layman, and he was writing to his daughter while in prison. The works of More and Fisher are available, many of them, and some of them are, well, I mean, they're all excellent scholarly works, beautiful spiritual works of, of high scholarly report. But this is not a scholarly work at all. This is a letter that Thomas is sending to his daughter, Margaret, while he's in prison and he's approaching his own martyrdom. He says, although Margaret, I know well that my wickedness has been such that I, that I know myself well worthy that God should let me slip. Yet I cannot but trust in his merciful goodness that as his grace has strengthened me hitherto 
and made me content in my heart to lose goods, land, and life too, rather than swear against my conscience, and has also put the king towards me, that good and gracious mind, that as yet he has taken from me nothing but my liberty, which, so help me God, his grace has done. What he's saying is, even though he's being persecuted, the king, whether he wants to or not, is being sort of gentle with him. He's allowing him to persist in his work and his prayer, in his ministry, in some, in some hemmed-in fashion while he's in prison. He goes on to liken himself to Peter. Both of these figures liken themselves to figures in the gospel. Here, Thomas figures himself to Peter. John Fisher likened himself to John the Baptist because he said, I too am serving a wicked king and um, I too will be beheaded as, as on a wedding day. He finishes here, he says, mistrust him, Meg, I will not, though I feel myself faint. He's talking about his trust of God. Yea, and though I should feel my fear, even at the point to overthrow me, yet I shall remember how St. Peter, with a blast of wind, began to sink with his faint faith, and shall do as he did, call upon Christ and pray to him to help. And then I shall trust and see, and set his holy hand upon me, and in the stormy seas hold me from drowning. Yea, and if he suffer me to play Peter further, and to fall full to the ground, and swear and forswear too, which our Lord in his tender passion kept me from, and let me lose it if I befall, and never win thereby. Sorry, it's written in sort of ye old English. But what he's saying is, even if, even if he bears the witness of Peter and sort of falls deeper and deeper into despair, he knows that Christ's love is secure. He finishes, this is very simple, he finishes here. Nothing can come but that which God wills. And if I make myself very sure that whatever that be, seem it never so bad in sight, it shall indeed be the best, whether it be life, or martyrdom, or any other thing, Christ's will is, Christ's will is the fruit.